Welcome back to episode two of my new comic podcast. I think I'm going to call it Charlie's Comic Considerations. What do you think about that? A little bit of a mouthful. Yeah, I think I think with this podcast, what I want to do is not so much just to strictly review comics that I've read, but it is that. But I think I think my my uh, what I want to do here is. Just kind of want to bring some comics to your attention that maybe you weren't familiar with, comics that I like and I've read. And I just kind of want to, you know, maybe present to you a comic that I've liked. I'm going to talk about it and um, hopefully check it out. Yeah. For your consideration, if you will. Um, so how this podcast works, I'm going to review some single issues that I've read this week. I've got three here. And then I'm going to go into the topic of this episode, which is... Hawkeye, My Life as a Weapon, Volume 1, by Matt Fraction and uh, David Aja? I should look that up. He is a Spanish artist, so it might be pronounced Aha. Okay, I'm going to go with David Aja. 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 Aha. Sorry. Okay. David Aha. I'm sorry. I did not know how to say that. Okay, anyway. Back to the topic at hand here. I was trying to find a video of somebody saying his name so I could know how to pronounce it, but uh, no luck here. Anyway, okay, so I'm going to review first three individual comics that I've read that I've picked up from the comic book store. Go into uh, talk about Hawkeye, and then I'm going to go into some reviews from the internet about this topic. So let's just get right into it. Uh, my name is Charlie, by the way. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've got a huge stack of comics over here on my shelf. I am very behind on reading these physical issues. Um, so I've got quite the stack here. I'm sorry some of these comics that I've reviewed today are maybe a few weeks old. Hopefully I can get some, uh, as we get rolling here, as we get set up here, get a few episodes in the tank, hopefully I can start reading some more. Uh, I can get to uh, be more up to date on the comic releases. I've been picking up comics each week. I'm just slow to read them. So I've got quite the stack here but usually what I like to do is um what I tend to do is I'll have a large stack and then um I'll just knock them out in one or two days I'll read like six or seven comics a day which doesn't sound like a lot but um anyway all right the first one I'm going to talk about today is the death of Doctor Strange number one written by Jed McKay with art by Lee Garb uh, Lee 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 <laughs> shit. Lee Garbit or Garbet maybe and colorist Antonio Fabella. You know, now that I notice, I look at the names, I type them out on a document, and I realize I have never said them out loud, so I do not know how to say it. So I apologize for my mispronunciations a lot. But, uh, okay, The Death of Doctor Strange, this is number one. I don't know. I haven't... I like, I like Doctor Strange as a character a lot. Like, I think he's really cool. I haven't really read a lot of his comics or, like, his history. Most of my knowledge from Doctor Strange is just kind of um, his appearances in team-up comics like Civil War and things like that. Um, I've always liked the character, so I was excited to get a jump into a series with Doctor Strange right at number one. And um, right away, the cover <laughs> the cover is fantastic. It really drew my eye. I just, fantastic cover. Just look it up. Look at it for yourself. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I actually stopped at a comic book store in um, Indy the other day and they were selling posters and I they had a poster of this cover and a full-size poster and I was going to get it and when you think of a poster it's usually like 
ten dollars like any poster i've ever bought has always ever been like eight dollars and ten dollars it was two dollars of course i'm gonna buy this poster for two dollars anyway sidetracked okay um in this issue it's just kind of you kind of go it's a it's uh, hmm let me think i really like the humanity that we see in this character we kind of see how he relates to the characters around him and his relationships there's a few characters like obviously i'm not very familiar with the characters in his direct world obviously i know who wong is but there was this ghost dog and a few other characters i wasn't aware of but obviously i didn't need to know who they were to get the gist of the story and i don't know if this is like if i should be reading something before this or if dr strange had a comic line before this i guess i should know that but anyway i you don't really need to read any of that before jumping in obviously this is a number one issue um, but yeah, you just go through the, you, know, you just kind of go through his life. Like he it literally starts with him waking up and um, his ghost dog wakes him up to take him out on a walk. And he says, you're a ghost. Uh, you don't even need to physically go on a walk. But he's like, no, this is for you. Um, to, it's a, Basically, the dog is getting him to get out of bed. And um, I really liked it. It was fun. Uh, there's lots of little details. Uh, in his bedroom, you see all these artifacts and also just like sweatpants on the ground, which I thought was fun. Another thing, Dormammu has a son. Okay, apparently, I'm sorry, I should have uh, prepared better, but apparently Doctor Strange is like, he's got this academy called Strange Academy, which is like a school for um, sorcery. And um, there's a character that caught my eye, and apparently it's Dormammu's son. He's like a little kid with a just a head of fire, which I thought was fun. And um, there's a mention, this is funny, because we're talking about Hawkeye later today, and, and, this, um, and there is a mention of the story i'm talking about even though this came out this year 2021 and i think this uh the hawkeye volume that i'm talking about today came out all the way in 2013 so um it was funny that this was a comic read and it's mentioning this graphic novel i'm going to be talking about later i think that just speaks to how good that hawk the hawkeye run really is uh anyway very good Obviously, Doctor Strange dies in this comic, not to spoil it, but the comic is called The Death of Doctor Strange. I thought it, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. You know Doctor Strange, he's this magical, all-knowing, all-powerful wizard, supreme sorcerer, supreme magic. He knows everything about magic and the dark arts, and uh, he's killed by a knife. He is stabbed to death, which is not how... <laughs> It's not how I thought Doctor Strange would go out. Anyway, uh, I'm excited to keep reading this uh, series as it progresses. The next issue I wanted to be talking about today is Batman number 113, written by James Tinian IV, with art by the fantastic Jorge Jimenez. Um, yeah, reading this, it made me realize how long it's been since I've actually uh, read an issue in this series. I was getting a little bit tired out of this series, if I can be honest. It's a lot of... Um, been a lot of setup and it felt to me like a lot of the issues have been repetitive lately just kind of setting up because it was before this i forget what the the arc was called but it's setting up this arc that we're in now called fear state and it felt to me that each issue kind of stepped on its own foot a little bit i felt like each issue kind of just kind of brought you up to speed to what has happened so far and then kind of i felt like so many issues just kept kind of like repeating things that have already been said or kind of telling you again things that happened in last issue which is good if it's coming out monthly you know anyway i'm just saying i was starting to feel a little burnt out it felt like nothing was happening or if it was happening i think we're like started with 106 so we're like eight or nine issues into this run 
And I'm like, I'm getting a little tired of it. Like, I'm waiting for something to... I'm ready for it to get rolling here. And this issue brought me back completely. Like, reading this, I... It was fun to read. And it felt like we're taking a lot of big steps. Like, this issue made me feel like, all right, we're, we are going. This is, <laughs> this is happening. It's happening. It was fun to read. It was exciting. And it, made, it like, brought me right back on board um, so much... I don't want to say so much happened, but just every, I was hooked. I was, I was into it. I was really into it. Um, obviously Jorge Jimenez's art, he's like, he's an all-star right now. He's super popular and rightfully so. I know how good his art is. I know his art style, but still like opening the page, I'm still just like, takes my breath away. Even like 10 issues in and each time I open the page, it is like, wow, I am so excited to see. Just, I would read anything drawn by this guy. Yeah, so what happened in this issue, there's, I, I really like when Batman is, Batman is Batman, obviously you know who Batman is, and I like when he embraces it, and he kind of has this bravado, like there's a scene in this story where he's taking out a bunch of the peacekeepers, which are basically like uh, the super cops ran by the antagonists of this arc, Simon Saint, and he tells, he's beating up all these guys, and he says like, Saint, I hope you're watching. I want you to know how easy this is for me. And he just, like, he's taking out all these guys, and he's telling Simon at the same time, like, <laughs> how much trouble he's going to be in, basically. if uh, I don't know how to word it better, but, oh, it's fantastic. Uh, there's also a lot of little details that I thought were fun. There's a part where Batman is, he's got, like, this makeshift Batcave because he lost all of his money or something like that, and he's opening up this chest, and we kind of see inside the chest, and there's, there's this, um, a lot of references right in this little chest. There is, uh, the Court of Owls mask. There is a, uh, pistol with a super long barrel from 1989, uh, a can of shark repellent, and also, uh, Adam West mask, which I thought was real fun. Enjoyed, I enjoy catching those details. Uh, somebody else who does it a lot is in Tom Taylor's Nightwing. Uh, you gotta, you gotta look at every little corner in that series, because there's always some little reference in each little panel, it seems like. And also, I don't know a lot about Ghostmaker because I haven't caught up on the Batman series before this leading up to this arc. But um, Ghostmaker and Batman, we see a lot about their relationship and a little bit more of their backstory, which I thought was fun. Uh, there's a part where they are basically going into each other's head with this <laughs> Batman machine. It's a comic book. It's fun. And um, Ghostmaker tells Batman, like, all right, when I'm in your head, I'm going to insert a... Um, subliminal thing in your brain to make you feel inferior to me, uh, an inferiority complex about me. And he says, no, you won't, because then you won't ever know if you beat me if it's because you cheated or if you really beat me. Anyway, great. Um, reading this, it's been a long time since I've read a Batman comic. Reading through the comic itself, I forget how big Batman is because there are so many ads for other Batman comics in this comic. I just thought it was funny. Like, I think there were two or three new Batman series series that were advertised in this book that I was completely unaware of. Yeah, it's it's so crazy how much Batman they are pumping out. And that reminded me of um, an artist, Liam Sharp. He just came out with this miniseries with, um, forget his name, it's the, arth- the author who wrote The Boys, Garth, Garth Ennis, Ennis. God, I'm so bad with these things. Anyway, he um he had a miniseries that just came out called Batman Reptilian or Batman Reptile, and he 
made a tweet about kind of like, you know, I thought this would be a lot more popular and it's kind of a bummer how this wasn't a bigger thing, you know, and people in the comments were like, you know, it's just uh, Batman is, there's so much Batman out there, you know what I mean? And I understand that there's probably like five or six ongoing Batman series at any one time that you can pick up a, you can pick up any book and uh, Batman will probably be in. But you know what? I've got a hot topic. I've got a hot take here. Batman is pretty cool. I know, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people don't feel that way, but I'm going to say it. I think Batman is pretty cool, and he well deserved well deserved his uh, popularity. I'll go ahead and say that. And then uh, the last issue I want to talk about today is Wonder Woman 779. Uh, I just felt like I should talk about this because last time I really just complained about it, and this issue was the the finale of this 10 issue arc of uh, the first arc of. Wonder Woman since the new Infinite Frontier relaunch. Uh, writer Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan with art by Travis Moore. Uh, yeah, so this was like the ending issue of the 10-issue arc. Yeah, what can I say? I think it was all right. I don't want you to think that I don't like this run. I did enjoy it. There's a lot of parts I did enjoy. I was thinking the other day about how there was a comic where because uh, they're jumping through dimensions and multiverse and stuff. And there was one where it was uh, uh, the dimension with Batmite and Mr. Pixie, Mixel Pixie, the Superman villain who's from like the fifth dimension or something. And uh, there was a scene where the, it's them talking and there's like a miniature Wonder Woman or something. They Basically, they, they made a reference to uh, Bat, Batman v Superman. They said, she with you? No, I thought she was with you. Uh, very funny. Sorry I butchered that. But that's going to be the common theme of this podcast is me butchering things that I can barely remember. Um, but yeah, this issue ended this 10 uh, issue arc. And yeah, it's over. I'm excited to see where it goes now. It kind of ended openly, it had an open ending where it kind of like didn't say where it was going. Diana basically just kind of disappeared. and But it says she's going to return. So we will see where it goes. Uh, I think a big criticism of this arc was it's kind of word wordy, word dense, and I definitely agree with that. Uh, there's a lot of words on every page. Uh, kind of makes it feel denser, kind of uh, harder to parse through. It's a lot of characters just kind of discussing back and forth. Like these big interesting characters, like at the end of this, it's like Diana and Deadman and like four or five Greek gods. <laughs> the only thing that really happens is they talk back and forth. And I think it's kind of a cliche, but at this point, like Diana's like the big bad villain of this run is this person called Janus, who's this evil God. And it's the three gods who are fate, you know, like from Hercules where they have the three, they have the thread and they have the scissor or whatever. And it's basically like Diana was like, they're about to kill her because she caused so much uh, trouble. But Diana's like, no, listen, I am I am but a mortal and you shouldn't kill her. And the gods are like, you know what? You're right, Wonder Woman. You always know just what to say. And uh, yeah. Anyway, I've been rambling on too long about these silly, silly comic books. So let us go ahead and go right into the topic of today's episode. Uh I'm sorry. <laughs> Hawkeye, Volume 1, My Life as a Weapon, released in 2013, written by Matt Fraction, with art by David Aha. 
and also two of the issues have art by Javier Pulido. Um, Matt Fraction, he's his other work includes Sex Criminals, which I've heard only great things about. I haven't read it myself. Uh, he's also written uh, for Immortal Iron Fist, Fantastic Four, and then recently for DC, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. I haven't read any of that. Just say that. But, uh, you know, he's got great reviews. <laughs> uh, David, aha, he's written for Daredevil, Immortal Iron Fist. Oh, yeah, and he does a lot of cover work. And I think his I think his covers are fantastic. Like this... This run, it's kind of like each, each, the marketing for it and just like the covers of each uh, comic, it's like this black and white monotone except for like the purple, like there'd be like big purple circles. Uh, I know that doesn't sound very good, but then uh, I just looked at some of his other stuff and he also did a similar run for like Scarlet Witch and like all those covers are fantastic. So just look that up, use your eyeballs. And then uh, Javier Polito, he's written for She-Hulk, Robin, Year One, uh, or not written, he drew art for those so uh just what i want to say about this comic is i really enjoyed it i was going to read both volume one and volume two and i was going to talk about them both in one episode but i was going through my notes and i realized i had a lot of notes for volume one already and i didn't want to make these episodes too long you know i want to keep them at like 30 minutes and so i'm just going to review volume one and maybe um if i don't if i have a dry week or something i can come back and review volume two but uh, the series was great. It was really, I think, standing out to me is just how fun and light it is to read. So basically what this comic is about, it's about Hawkeye. He's an Avenger, but this is kind of what when, what he's doing when he's not doing these big Avenger things, not saving the world, fighting Ultron, whatever. This is kind of him, what he's doing outside of that, which doesn't sound interesting, but believe me, it's very interesting. Uh, it's only five issues plus... At the end, there is this weird issue from like this new Avengers run where we see a little um, interaction between Kate and Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. Um, but yeah, so in the story, we we see Hawkeye. He lives in this old apartment building. And we also meet Kate Bishop, which I wasn't... Obviously, I know who she is, but like I haven't read anything about her. I don't know anything about her except... Um, we, what I get from this is Hawkeye went away for a while and she kind of took over for him, but now he is back and, um, they're kind of both there. They're both Hawkeye and they kind of just accept that. And, um, what I really like about this run is just kind of, they have a really fun relationship with each other. Like, uh, I think it's really interesting. I, I say relationship, not like, they're not like dating or anything. It's just, um, she is kind of his apprentice. In a way, he knows she's completely capable of herself and she's kind of there to kind of like dig him out of situations when he really like is uh, in deep trouble. Um, so they kind of both have this, they both kind of have this reverence for each other because like Clint, I'll say Clint or Hawkeye, Hawkeye like he just says like how great Kate is and how skilled she is and how much like he appreciates her. And Kate also just like has this reverence for him of like, He's an Avenger, obviously, like classic Avenger Hawkeye, and he's kind of like built this reputation for himself, obviously. But also, she's not afraid to tell him like how it is and uh, break him, uh, keep him, uh, keep him on ground level. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So when we open up, he's dealing with this Russian landlord, which I think is funny. There is these uh, group of Russian characters in the comic, and for some reason, 
the way they speak, they just say bro a lot, and that's how you know they're the Russian, is because like they dot their sentences with bro. But yeah, it's I think also just this the relationship between Kate and Clint is really good. I just really like the character characterization of Hawkeye himself. Like, uh, he's really interesting and like what do I want to say here? He's he's kind of like a good person and he's always kind of looking out for everybody around him and looking out for the little guy, but he really doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't really have like a solid plan. He kind of just runs in with these good intentions. And then um, usually Kate is there to save the day (laughs) for him. Um, Let's see the paneling and layout of this comic is fantastic. It's to me, it was like watching a movie. Um, Oh, I wanted to say the trailer for the Hawkeye Disney plus show came out. And um, some of the comments were saying that it looked a lot like it was going to take a lot from this. So I thought it'd be interesting to read. Just thought I should mention that. So reading this comic has made me look, really look forward to the series coming out. But anyway, reading this comic, it was like watching a movie. Like the just like the angles and like the back and forth, like conversation is like I was watching this. or I was <laughs> Exactly. See, uh, I was reading this. And I was like, this would translate really well to a movie or a TV show. And hopefully it does. I really like Kate behind the scenes. Like, there was just one issue, one or two issues. Like, the last two issues of this arc, the tape, part one and part two, um, honestly might have been my favorite because it's... So what happens in these two issues is that there is basically this tape that has leaked from S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. like kidnaps Hawkeye from this rooftop barbecue. And they say that this tape has been leaked or that this tape, ta- this tape has been stolen and it needs to be recovered. And we don't really know what the tape is until later we find out it's a. I don't know if I should spoil it. It's this tape of Hawkeye assassinating these higher up um, government officials, basically. And basically, this tape gets taken to an auction, and at this auction, it's just full of classic comic book villains higher up, like kingpins and uh, tombstones and. Madame Mask is a character who is in this, and uh, they're all they all want this tape because obviously it's tape of an Avenger committing war crimes, basically. And um, Kate is behind the scenes. There's a lot of double crossing in these issues, which I thought was really fun. So we meet Madame Mask, and then um, Kate Bishop dresses up as her, but we don't know it's her until later. And it's really funny to see like. There's a few times where Kate dresses up as a bad guy, the antagonist, and, like, tricks everybody. And um, so I think that's something she does really well. And there's a really... I like it a lot. There was uh, a panel of her, like, in Madame Mask's hotel room. And she's, like, Madame Mask is in the corner tied up. And you see Kate, like, with all of the makeup equipment and the wigs. And you see, like, how her bra was padded. There's, like, these, like, breast, like, um, padding to make it more accurate. Uh, Yeah boobs okay yeah the so the art is different like for four and five for four and five javier Polito takes over and he does two issues and while i was reading the reviews like some people were saying the art is like awful but i really like the art obviously like there is not a comic i've read where i don't like the art that's not true there's a few but generally 90 percent of the time i love the art and that's kind of like why you read the comic that's what makes a comic a comic is the art that goes along with it Obviously, you can't have one without the other. And I really like the art. Like, I didn't like it at first, but it really grew on me. 
to me, it was similar to like a comic strip almost, or kind of like an Archie comic. It's kind of got this old fashioned comic book style to it that initially is like, okay, this is a little weird. I don't know if I like it, but it really grew on me. And I, I hope later he comes back and does some more issues. Not saying that I didn't like David Aha, his art. It was also fantastic, but um, yeah, Javier's art really stuck out to me. Um, let's see here. And then uh, one scene I really liked a lot is there's not the details of like Hawkeye's character. They seem really subtle. Like he he I don't want to say he doesn't like himself, but he knows that he's like got a bad past and he's he doesn't hold himself up to. He doesn't hold himself up in regards that everybody else kind of sees him like in his apartment building. Everybody kind of calls him Hawkeye and they say, oh, you're some Avenger. You're so cool and whatever. And he's like, ah, it's not that great. I don't do a whole lot. But there was this one scene. I did, There's this one scene I loved a lot that I think just said a lot about this character, how he sees himself and just kind of describes um, who he is. And this time I wrote it down because last time when I was reviewing Batman the Long Halloween I thought of the scene I wanted to bring it up and I just took 10 minutes to freaking find it so I wrote it down this time also just want to mention that <laughs> I was rev- I was listening to the last podcast and I had I did not even know I did this until I re-listened to it but I kept referring to it as Batman the last Halloween instead of Batman the long Halloween and I thought that was funny That'd be a completely different comic. Batman The Last Halloween. His parents said he's too old to trick-or-treat. Okay, anyway, sorry about that. So, there's a scene, basically what is happening is... um, I don't remember if it's the Russians are breaking into his apartment or if it's, like, ninjas. Anyway, that's not important. Basically what's happening is he's in a room, he's just in a regular hotel room. He might be naked. There's also a scene where he's naked and he jumps across the bed. You've probably seen it. And um, he's completely naked. And he, he's like leaping across the room and to blur out his genitalia. It's just a it's just a, a face of like Hawkeye from like the 60s, like that art style with the big mask. OK, anyway, so all these people break into his room and this is like a, a monologue. He's kind of like thinking to himself. He's like, anything is a weapon if you're in deep enough trouble. There's no special training, no special skill, just the belief that at any time you might have to hurt someone to stay alive. And then he says, what kind of an animal walks into a room and figures out what they can use to hurt people if they have to hurt, and he gets hit in the head? And he's like dazed, and he's like, what kind of, and he gets hit, hit again. Um, so he, he, like, the way he thinks about himself is like he thinks of, like, obviously this, <laughs> the, the graphic novel is called My Life as a Weapon. We kind of see him think about that and how he sees himself as like this animal because every time he walks into a room he just like analyzes how he could hurt somebody if he has to um something else i like about this series is they're not killing people necessarily i thought they were at first so actually i like i read the first few issues and i put it down for a while and then i reread it all again and they aren't like killing people but they're like maiming people like there's this scene where Hawkeye is facing off against this guy who are both trained by the same people but like so this guy uses swords and he does like knife throwing and stuff and Hawkeye talks about how uh, they were trained by the same guy which I thought was interesting 
basically he kills him. He doesn't kill him. I'm sorry. He basically he shoots an arrow and it bounces off the wall and like sticks him in the back of the neck. And then he's like, don't worry, he'll live. Not well, but he'll live. And it's a lot of that, like just like how they beat people up and shoot people like uh, it's just they're doing a lot of damage, but they're not really killing anybody. And there's oh, there's this really cool part like near the beginning where Hawkeye's just practicing shooting his bow and Kate's talking to him and he goes through the process of drawing a bow and like there's a long panel of him pulling the bow and he says like pull the string back, tense your shoulder and release and whatever. But like as he's saying that, like the way Kate is talking, her face shows up 10 times in a panel and like each panel just shows one letter of what she's saying. So it's like when he goes to shoot his bow, like time slows down around him. I thought that was interesting. And it kind of, uh, we see that scene and then there's callbacks to it later of like, just all you have to say is I tense my shoulder and you kind of like think about that scene. Um, the whole process he goes through and how natural it is to him. Uh, am I saying things? Am I saying, is what I'm saying making sense? Um, but yeah, great comic. It's only six, technically six issues if you read volume one. Very fun. I highly recommend. I look forward to reading more. I think there's four volumes in the series. So I highly recommend checking it out. Now I turn my attention to people of the internet and see what they review. So I've got a good review, a critical review, and then a really, really bad interview because I think they're fun. Uh, A good, bad, and ugly, if you will. So I've got Christian here, five stars. Christian on Amazon says, As good as the reviews. I passed on this one so many times. I mean, come on, it's Hawkeye. I was never a huge Avengers fan growing up. I loved Iron Man, uh, Captain America, blah, blah, blah. Didn't appreciate the team until the movie started coming out. And then Hawkeye seemed more like a supporting character. Why would I want to read volumes of comics about a supporting character? And he says, you really do. Doesn't make sense, but okay. Sure, other heroes don't have superpowers, blah, blah, blah. Batman and Tony have money. Hawkeye is a regular guy who makes it, but still gets beat up, relies on his wits as much as his skills, often has great intentions, but not much in the way of a plan. If you ever felt like you're making it up as you go along, like you're walking the tightrope of this is really bad and hey, this just might work out, then Hawkeye is the hero for you. I wish I had taken the advice of all the other reviews raving about this comic. If you've had the same doubts, if you've had the same doubts, Consider them dispelled. This book lives up to the hype. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to mention about this series that I thought was really what kind of kept me intrigued was just like the storytelling is non-linear. A lot of times like the story will open up to Hawkeye falling through a building and like he says this is really bad, but I've been in worse. But then like it kind of bounces around of like the timing of events and things like that. And I think it keeps it fun, keeps it fresh. Uh, I really like that a lot. Um, I wish I had more examples of that, but basically every issue is kind of like, it throws you right at the the climax of the scene, and then it kind of, and then it brings you from the beginning of how they got there, and then you get to the climax, but then it brings you back and shows you another behind-the-scenes thing that happened before that, and um, really cool, it's done really well, I know that sounds like it could be confusing, especially if you are a dumb moron like myself, but it's... um, done really well and it's really interesting uh i got a critical review here james b gave it four stars entertaining but repetitive hawkeye has a certain reputation among the general public as the least useful avenger in this series matt fraction attempts to give us a reason to take him seriously the results are 
dot 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 mixed. The main strength of this series is to humor. Fraction is a guy who knows how to make people laugh, and Hawkeye's snark and general shenanigans make for a read that is never less amusing. The action is also quite good with the best chapter in this volume walking us through all of Hawkeye's trick arrows and abilities. The flaw though is the plotting. Pretty much every issue in this series has had Hawkeye reflect on his current situation being bad, get knocked out and captured, escape via unlikely means. That only works because he and his partner are the only two characters who can shoot straight and ultimately save the day. This series desperately needs some variety in the next volume if I'm going to consider sticking with it. Yeah, I think I think that has some merits to it. Um, it is a little bit repetitive, like how he says, like how the situations he finds himself in a situation. How does he get out? Bows and arrows, of course. But I can agree to that. I got a good sense of that actually reading it. But I think just the characterization and the art and the writing, it just it makes me want to read anyway. And it doesn't feel repetitive. Like it does repeats itself that way. But I didn't see it so much of as repetition, but just kind of like a motif, if you will. Um, obviously, it's done on purpose the way he starts each comic issue. And I think, yeah, like I said, I didn't, I didn't see it as repetitive. I don't see it as a negative. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see it. I did think it is a little bit repetitive in that sense. But I think it didn't take me out of the series, um, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. All right, and then I've got my very, very bad review from Eric Reese, one star, and he says, absolutely terrible. This is one of the worst comic books I've ever read. Do not waste your money. The artwork is bad. The story is bad. It's a mess. These stereotyped Russian bad guys say bro at least once in every sentence. Also, except for three pages, he pretty much shoots zero arrows. Extremely disappointing. Hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, this is a story about Hawkeye and kind of how he is when he's not doing the big adventure. I could see why somebody could be disappointed by that. But also, I don't think a good superhero comic necessarily means that they are it's shooting arrows all the time, uh, act, completely action-packed, you know what I mean? Like, a good Hulk story isn't just Hulk completely smashing a city and fighting everything around him although that would be entertaining and actually that would be a good story but i think um, i can understand having your expectations not met if you're expecting that kind of story but i think this is more of like a slice of life i can't even say that there's a lot of action in this i don't know what he, you know <laughs> i don't know what he's talking about there is a lot of arrow shooting and it's very entertaining and there is a lot of action and i'm mad at this person i'll just say it i'm mad at this person I'm going to have Eric Reese on the next episode, and we can debate this um, back and forth. But, yeah, that's basically all I have to say. Uh, very good series overall, or at least Volume 1 is very good. Um, I did enjoy reading it. Um, I don't think I have very much else to say. I highly recommend it. Matt Fraction's other work has good reviews if you want to check it out. This is available on Hoopla. I know I mentioned that last time. Hoopla is an app where you can connect your library account, and then you can virtually read any comic you ever want a uh, graphic novel that is um that's how i read this and yeah next week um what should i review uh i've noticed a trend that i've been reviewing comics that have tv debuts or movie debuts like i read batman the long halloween and there was a batman long halloween animated movie hawkeye comics 
that I just read, uh, the TV show that is coming out is going to be based on that comic, loosely maybe. So maybe that could be a theme for this podcast, of me reviewing the source material of future media events. So I think next week I'm going to read Sandman. Sandman Volume 1 and Volume 2. Because I have them on my shelf, so I'm going to read them and put good things. And uh, yeah, I will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to my rambling. I think this is a very non-linear podcast itself. Okay, bye.